Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Ian, we should all say thank you to the NFL. We are uh, going to get a little bit of a reprieve, I suppose, a little bit of a break. The Denver Broncos game against the Kansas City Chiefs has been flexed into the Saturday 2.30 slot, which means we're going to get our our Sunday off, which is kind of nice. And uh, we can sort of take Sunday to just sort of watch and and see who wins and gets into the playoffs and does what and whatnot, because the Broncos season will mercifully be over one day earlier than we had anticipated. And even better is we won't have to listen to Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, or Lewis Riddick. We'll actually get what should be the number one ESPN Monday Night Football crew of Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I will say, and I always say this when we talk about them, I really like Lewis Riddick. I have always liked Lewis Riddick. I, I wouldn't hate him as an option at GM. Uh, he just, to me, he's more of a studio guy than a booth guy. That's just my opinion of it. And then Steve Levy should be calling hockey. He needs to move to TNT or whoever has a TNT or TBS who's doing hockey now. Like, what? what? ESPN does it. Oh, that's right. ESPN does too. So that's fine. And then Brian Greasy should just go back to college. Just go back to college. He was he was fine at the college level. I didn't have a problem with him doing college games. He was okay. He could go back to falling down his driveway, too. Yeah, he, well, he was pretty good at that. Maybe he shouldn't you know, mess around and find out, I suppose. 
<laughs> that's a, I wonder how many of our listeners know that story. Like we're pretty far away from when that happened. I mean, that's, that's pretty deep in the weeds. That is too. deep in the weeds. That was, that's like 20 years ago at this point, almost. That's, I feel old. I feel so old. Man, why did we do that? Anyway, uh, this is, do we want to call it a pointless game? Does it yeah. deserve, it, de- it deserves to be called a pointless game at this point, yes. right? It's not pointless for the Chiefs. It's pointless for the Broncos. And I don't want to hear any crap about, oh, you play to win the game. Hello, I don't want to hear the Herm Edwards line. No, no, no. Because how has that worked the last five seasons where they've been in this situation? Yeah. Has that really led to Has that led to a successful season the next year when they've ended a season with a win? No. So I don't want to hear any of that crap. It's meaningless. It does not matter. Wait, at all. Wait a minute. So what you're telling me is, and if I'm going to get this straight here, the momentum from a win in January doesn't carry over to the next regular season game in September of that year. Like it doesn't last nine months. Well, given that we're now on six straight years of no playoffs and five straight losing seasons, I think not. <laughs> so we can dispel with the notion of, well, you want to build that momentum going into the next season. Okay. I want to feel better because they won. <laughs> Look, we all want to feel Look, better. But no, it'll just anger Scotty if they win, which I don't know. Maybe there's some. There's a little bit of, I mean, there's, that's a bit of a silver lining just to see Scotty's, you know, get angry and read some of his, his articles about how pissed off he is that the Broncos won a game. And now instead of picking seventh, they're picking 12th or whatever it would be. I think I almost could find some pleasure in that. Almost. I, I agree with Scotty, but nevertheless, to make it, to, to make it even worse, as I said, the Kansas city chiefs have a reason to play this game. There was a reason the NFL flexed this game. It was originally scheduled to take place at 2 or 2.30 on Sunday. Well, at that point, Andy Reid and the Chiefs would already know that the Tennessee Titans had beaten the Houston Texans. So they would know there's no shot of them getting the number one seed. So more than likely, Andy Reid would rest his players. The NFL is like, uh-uh. We're not going to let you do that. We're going to flex this game to Saturday so that you can completely flog the Denver Broncos. We get it. You just lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. Lost your shot at the number one seed. Because I get it. This year has been completely wackadoo. But it would be completely wackadoo to a whole new level if the Titans lose to the Texans on Sunday. But before that, the Chiefs have to beat the Broncos. Which means that they will. They're going to come out and they're they're going to. I, I think you're right about that. And we'll we'll get into our predictions a little bit later. I, I think it'll be fun. Let's do something a little different. We usually save this for, for towards the end of our segment, but let's go ahead and, and do our keys to the game here, just because I think it fits right here with what we've got going on. I, I guess I'll let you give yours first and then I'll do mine. I already basically said it. Brace for a beatdown. That's right. Brace for a beatdown is correct. I, I mean, I would not be surprised if they drop a 50-burger on the Broncos. I mean, lo- looking and listening to Patrick Mahomes after that Cincinnati loss, he didn't – I mean, he was more guarded than I thought he would be. But after the game, he basically said, we need to get rolling. Like, it's – 
it's not going to be pretty. I mean, I, so you think I, momentum is important because of if, if they win this game, they'll they can carry it into their first playoff game. Oh, absolutely. Th- I, this I mean, is where momentum makes sense, not into next season, right? Exactly. Okay. And as he said to the media after the game, we just have to continue to work on being better. Hopefully, in this next game going into the playoffs, we can get rolling. They are not going to let up. The only way they will let up is if they're so far ahead. Like, think 98 Broncos, where John Elway, Terrell Davis, and those Mike Shanahan-led teams were basically beating teams like 28-3 to going into halftime. So they basically gave Terrell Davis the entire second half off. That's literally the only way I could see Andy Reid lifting his foot off the gas. Because... First off, his leg is so heavy he wouldn't be able to lift his foot off the gas. But yeah. they want to head into the playoffs on a really good note. It's a little side side swipe here, a little still tangent, not a not a big one. Just I just want people to think about this. You you made mention of something. Terrell Davis in that nineteen ninety eight season probably sat out the equivalent of and and I don't know the exact math and I would love it if somebody would do it but I'll bet it was the equivalent of a, at least four games maybe more how many yards would he have accumulated if he had played all of the games like from start to finish I, I bet he would have smashed Eric Dickerson's record smashed it it would have been out of reach because of how many yards he would have accumulated, how many touchdowns he would have had. It would have been incredible. Now, I'm not saying that they should have done that because I think that obviously that season went really, really well. Just, just no arguing with that. But the uh, the absolute destruction of the single-season rushing record would have been a, a really fun thing to watch. I think he would have destroyed it. Well, there's no doubt. I He would have easily eclipsed it. And the fact, I mean, maybe it's probably more like two games. I think four is a lot. Maybe a I don't think excessive. I don't think he sat out the equivalent of six second halves, though it, it probably could have happened. I, I think it's probably closer to two games. Still, but even then, still, I think he, still he would have he it. would have shattered the single se- the single season rushing record. But back in terms of this game, back to reality, I. I I just don't see the Chiefs doing anything other than completely beating down the Broncos. Like it, I mean, I get it. We hope that the that the Broncos win, that they end this ridiculous losing streak, but, but it ain't happening on Saturday. Well, and, and quite frankly, we'll get into it. it. May not be the best thing for them. My key to the game is a little different than yours. Uh, my key to the game is to just go out and buy your favorite beverage, something special. Get yourself. Uh, to some place you're comfortable, your favorite chair, maybe your den. If you've got a den, maybe a bar you you like to go to. You can sit in for three hours on a Saturday afternoon and get yourself your Broncos bingo card. And every time you hear something like quarterback carousel or the call stands, Denver will be charged a timeout or Judy in motion or holding 72 offense, anything that would fit on a bingo card, get that out and uh, and fill out your bingo card. And every time you hear one of those things, take a drink. Uh, and if you're going to be out, make sure you have a ride, you know, Uber it, Lyft, whatever it is. And then at the end of the game, drink a toast to the end of the 2021 season because it's been 
it, it's been a rough ride. And, and, I, and I think that that's probably the best way to, to send this season out is on a fun note, right? Try and, try and have some fun with it. And the bingo card is the best way to go about it. You mentioned some of the big ones. The other one is Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, hit behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> I like uh, avoids a tackler in the backfield. That's a good one. Mahomes has all day to throw. That's a, that's a good one for, for this particular game. Chubb couldn't break through. <laughs> that's, that's more of a fun one, I think. Uh, another three and out for the Broncos might be a might be a good one. Another near interception by Drew Locke. False start or illegal motion number eighty seven. I think <laughs> that'd be a good one. Poor poor Noah Fant getting picked on there, but rightfully so. Overthrow by Drew Locke. Uh, Locke r- runs into a sack because that's that's something he does. I there there's so many options here. Pat Shermer, oh, I mean, obviously, they're not going to mention Pat Shermer by name, but in your head, you can be like, wow, another great play call by Pat Shermer. And he, run and on he, first down. <laughs> Ooh, every every second and long run should also get a drink or a, or a spot on the bingo card. So that's another good one. Uh, here, here's the other thing I'll say. Extra points for anybody who comes up with an actual bingo card. If you if you create a bingo card, I, I put it in the in my key to the game. If you create a bingo card, send it to Mile High Report. We can all have some fun with it. I, I think that would be hilarious. But uh, that is definitely my key to the game is just go ahead and drink your sorrows away. Just make sure you have a ride home if you're not doing it at home. The other fun aspect of this game, and it, it not fun in the fact that Brandon McManus and Sam Martin are on the COVID list, but if neither are able to play, how fun would it be if the Broncos don't kick any field goals or extra points and they don't punt? I mean, John Fox would roll over he couldn't and handle probably it. die if they never punted. Yeah. Because he would it. punt on if the Broncos were at their own at, at the opponent's 20 yard line, he would punt. But imagine a game where the Broncos don't kick. They don't kick field goals. They don't kick extra points. Well, first off, they'd have to score touchdowns to kick extra points, and that's not happening. And then they, they don't punt. I mean, obviously, you're going to get field. And, and that ties into my thinking that the Chiefs could drop 50. It's because the Broncos won't punt. So they're going to go for it on fourth down in their own territory, and the Chiefs are going to more than likely have great field position. I, I honestly think that would make it a, a, a more interesting game if they if they just just don't punt, just don't kick. There's there are no kicks in this game now. As you have said, you're not going to see a lot of extra points anyway because I don't anticipate a lot of touchdowns by the Broncos unless uh, they're garbage time. Unless it's garbage time, which at that point does it really matter? And well, <laughs> apparently it does because when Teddy Bridgewater does it, it's oh my god, how horrible! But if the other quarterback does, it's like. Well, see, he can still do it. It's uh, we're living we're living in interesting times here in Broncos country. You you know we are absolutely, uh, but yeah, it's uh, every time they could kick but don't because they're missing a kicker. Drink. Who's gonna do the kickoffs? That's that is the one thing they are gonna have to kick off at least one time and maybe only once because you know that's that's how the game rolls sometimes. Who's gonna do the kickoff? Can they hire Urban Meyer? Maybe sign him for a day? Yeah, he's a pretty good kicker. You know what I think they should he do? Kick his kicker. I, I wonder if the NFL would allow this. Do you remember when you were a kid and we, you play football with your buddies out in a yard or something and to kick off, you just have somebody throw it? 
Like you just just la- just line up and launch the ball. Could they just do that? Like have Drew Locke throw the kickoff. I wonder if he could kick it. Uh, hey, maybe that's the appendage that works for him. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm just putting it out. I don't know. I, I really don't know. All right. I, I There are some questions that sort of are going to come into play after this game. A, a big one here is about the coaching staff, and it's about Vic Fangio. The sentiment from us collectively in Broncos country is that he needs to be fired. There needs to be uh, a complete sort of cleaning of house, if you will. I, I don't like to root for people to get fired unless it's Tom McMahon. And so I'm not going to do that Schirmer. or Pat Schirmer, I suppose. I guess I do like to root for people to get fired. I, I, I feel bad for their families, right? The one thing that you, there's the human side of all of this, but as far as jobs go, they shouldn't be in these jobs. That being said, it's starting to sound like maybe perhaps Peyton, George Peyton is looking at this from the perspective of, can we fix this? by retaining Vic Fangio and just making other adjustments to the coaching staff. Uh, is is that the direction that you feel like this is going to go? Because that's the feeling I'm getting. Yes. I Earlier in the week, I thought there was no way that Vic, that Vic Fangio was going to come back because I, there needs to be accountability. That's been the one thing that has been lacking this entire time, this whole debacle of Joe Ellis and this trust as I said on the post-game recap, when I got really heated, and I'm about to do it again, but I'm going to take a deep breath. It does seem like, based on what Mike Kliss has tweeted and wrote, what Benjamin Albright is now tweeting on Tuesday, it does seem like Vic Fangio is going to be back next year. But here's the rub. What if they don't get Aaron Rodgers? And what if they don't get Russell Wilson? Are you really going to run it back with Vic Fangio and Drew Locke again? Are we really going to go through this again? And I get it. There are Druthers out there who just refuse to admit reality. They're they're grasping on to the point zero 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 point one chance that he can be Josh Allen based on all of other reality back in the real world, where we remember what happened in 2020, that's not going to happen. So this is all based on George Payton getting either Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. If they don't do that, what's the point? It's a, you know, it's an interesting uh, topic of conversation. Here's here's where I will go with this. And I, I was for a long time one of those people that uh, has, had sort of said, I don't think you should get rid of Vic Fangio because the defense is so good. And then I slowly migrated away from that thought that it didn't really matter how good the defense was because this is a, a scoring league. The NFL has turned into an offensive league and you have to put points on the board and they can't do that. So firing Vic Fangio to me became less and less of a bad thing. Now you're looking at a situation where as they go in to play the chiefs in this, what we've deemed a pointless game for the Broncos, right? It's sort of a meaningless uh, football game in terms of what will happen with the Broncos other than their draft pick, which 
quite frankly, if you're if you're thinking about it in terms of, of value, you want to lose this game so you can get the highest possible draft pick. So you can trade and entice in a trade uh, a team like Green Bay or a team like Seattle uh, to actually send you their franchise quarterback because you can put a package together that has lots of first-round draft picks and, and a couple of players and whatever, and that you know first-round draft pick this year as high as seven. Seven's a lot better than 15, right? I, I would much, much rather get a seventh number seven there than a number 15. That being said, Vic Fangio is seemingly safe to me. And this, this is just my own read on the situation. He doesn't he doesn't act like a guy who uh, is on the outs with management. He doesn't seem like he's very concerned about his own job personally in that he doesn't talk about it fatalistically. A lot of times with guys who are on their way out, even when they are um, trying to save face and, and put on a good show, you can tell. You can always sort of tell this guy's gone and he already knows it, right? Matt Nagy, for example, is someone who uh, there's there's some fatalistic going on with him. When you when you hear him talk, you can kind of tell that the Bears are ready to move on. And he's probably ready to move on too. That doesn't mean he would be a good offensive coordinator option. Let me just put that out there. What I am saying is that Vic Fangio doesn't project that. He projects a, a an air of safety. Uh, he seems like a guy who feels comfortable in his job, and knows that he's going to get another shot. Is that a bad thing? I don't know. I, I, I think I think probably it is. I would, I would like to move on. But I also can see that if you keep Vic Fangio and you get a new ownership group that comes in, now when this new ownership group comes in, they can make the move to whichever coach that they want. George Payton, gives, George Payton gives himself a scapegoat saying, hey, let's fire this guy, and then we can hire someone together, that kind of thing. That's a potential. I don't think changing coaches now is beneficial to George Payton. That's the, that's the key right there. It doesn't help George Payton in retaining his job when a new management group comes in because they're going to want to pick their guy. If he can convince them that he's the guy as a general manager and that they should work together to find a head coach, I think that's the chess move that he makes. Do I think it's right? No. Do I think that that's going to make the Broncos better in 2022? Absolutely not. Do I think that's what's going to happen? Yeah. I, I think we're in for another year of Vic Fangio as head coach. I don't think Drew Locke is back. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is back. I think that's already uh, you know, been decided. But I do believe that that Vic Fangio is back and probably a new offensive coordinator, probably a new quarterbacks coach, probably a new special teams coordinator. And so that's where we're at. They're, they're going to go into week 18 because that's week 18 now because the NFL is weird. And they're going to play a pointless game. They're probably going to get stopped. And they're going to come back with Vic Fangio as their head coach next year because – that just seems like the right thing to do for George Payton and his job. I guess. I don't know. And if that happens, you're going to see fans just give up. We've put up with crap for six years. There's been no accountability. And Andrew Mason had a, a great tweet. Vic Fangio will become the 14th coach since the year 2000, whose team had losing records in his first three seasons on the job. Of the previous 13, eight were fired right after the season. 
four were fired during or after the following season. One was fired the season after that. At this point, you're just delaying the inevitable. There is no evidence Vic Fangio has any idea how to be a good head coach. He has no idea how to do clock or game management. And you could make the argument most coaches in the NFL don't know how to do it unless you're Bill Belichick. But Vic Fangio has laid no credence to the fact that he can do this job. He's a great defensive coordinator. He is a great defensive mind. That's not his job. His job is head coach. And if you do not hold people accountable, if George Payton's sole intent on keeping Vic Fangio is to protect his own ass, he needs to be gone because it's not better for the Broncos. It's not making the Broncos better. It goes back to the thing that is. It goes back to why the Broncos are in this position in the first place. They've been doing it on hope. There is no plan. It's just a matter of, well, here we go. Let's try it. Yeah. It does not make the Broncos a better team. I, I, th- I and think. If, just, and if the folk, and if the hope, here's the thing if you're bringing back Vic Fangio, you're hoping you either get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson because there is no other reason you bring him back. You're then saying, well, we don't have a quarterback. If you don't get one of those two, is anything really going to change? Here's the here's the other thing I will throw out here, and it's one that I you, you brought up the the quarterbacks again. Uh, take Aaron Aaron Rodgers off the table. Yes. Take him off the table. You have, you have to take him off the table because that is a that is beyond a pipe dream at this point. What whatever fences were were broken prior to this season, prior to the draft, heading into the twenty one season, those fences have been mended. And any conversation that you've heard regard, and they talked about it on uh, on you know was it Sunday Night Football. They talked about how um, Aaron Rodgers even has admitted that he was a part of the problem, that the communication issues came not only from the Packers but also from him. And it seems to me that there has been a recognition on both sides that they need to work together more and be better for each other. Which, quite frankly, if if you if you needed Aaron Rodgers to you know, sort of scare you to 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 realize that. Then what, what were they doing in Green Bay? I don't understand that. But at the same time, I don't think he wants to leave Green Bay. I, I think we were all excited. There was a there was a dream once. You know, I dreamed a dream, and and then it was gone because he's not going to get traded. They are not going to entertain offers. They're going to tag Devontae Adams. They're gonna they're gonna keep Aaron Rodgers. They are going to if they. If they win a Super Bowl this year, because they they're one of the favorites, they are going to run it back and try and go back to back. If they don't, you're looking at another season where they're still trying to complete that task. So, to me, stop the, stop talking about Aaron Rodgers. He's he's not an option. He's not available for you. It's it's not going to happen. Russell Wilson, all I, and all you 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 mentioned Russell Wilson. I don't think Russell Wilson is an option. I cannot imagine a world where the Seattle Seahawks choose Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson. Exactly. This has the feel of John Elway and Dan Reeves. And longtime Broncos fans know this. There was a point where Pat Bowen had to make the decision, Dan Reeves or John Elway. The Seattle Seahawks are now in that situation. I do not see any planet 
where the Seattle Seahawks choose Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson. He is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Granted, he hasn't been as good the last couple of years as maybe he should be, or he thinks he should be, or should be. He should be. He's he's struggled the last couple seasons. I, I will say that. But I do not see the Seahawks entertaining any offer for Russell Wilson. I, I think the, the Seahawks are going to move on from Pete Carroll and they are going to give Russell Wilson whatever he wants. Head coach, offensive coordinator, offensive line, whatever it is, you give Russell Wilson what he wants. Yeah, I, and this is the thing that we have to remember and it comes back to this. When we talk about the Denver Broncos, we as a fan base, and I'm not going to use the term spoiled. Somebody tweeted that out last week about how we're a spoiled fan base. We're not. We're a fan base that has high expectations. We expect winning because we've had it for so long. And, and six that was years, the expectation that was from the, expectation. the most successful owner in NFL, one of the most successful owners in, in NFL and pro sports history. Absolutely. That was his expectation. So my, my point here is this, and as you look at what has happened in Denver – during the course of the 2021 season, as we as we near the end here, and as as we've already say, stated, we get the the day off on Sunday, so we have to so we can watch our team on Saturday and then be done with them, right? The NFL knows the importance of a franchise quarterback. Not not the NFL, like just like everybody knows, every team knows how important a franchise quarterback is. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because Tom Brady is a franchise quarterback. Because Tom Brady is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. With the same exact team that Jameis Winston went like 7-9 and nine with and threw 30, 30, and 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl and has them competing for a Super Bowl again. They may not be as good as they were. They may have Antonio Brown issues, which are kind of funny and also sort of sad. But they are in competition for another Super Bowl. The teams that are going to win a Super Bowl have top-tier quarterbacks or second tier quarterbacks think about the teams that are, are are really challenging to win a super bowl this year the chiefs have patrick mahomes the tampa bay buccaneers have tom brady the packers have aaron Rodgers. the who, who am i missing here the the Bengals have joe burrow you're welcome I, I mean it takes a quarterback and there isn't a single franchise in the nfl that's going to look at their franchise quarterback and go you know what we could we could find another one of you. You're hard. You're easier to find than a franchise cornerback. So we're gonna go ahead and trade you. That's not going to happen. So I don't. I like you. I don't believe that the Denver Broncos are in line to make a trade for any quarterback that will significantly improve their odds next season. No matter what happens moving forward. So now the question is, what will the plan be? I have I have no idea. I, I can't really, you know, I, I can't think of anything that will make things better. So I'm not going to even try right now. I'm going to just sort of sit back and enjoy the end of the end of the season. Do we even want to do players to watch or are we no. just watching to fill out the bingo card and do our drinking on Saturday? That's it. All right. So we'll do it that way. You got to let's do a prediction though. I have one. I wrote it down. I won't go with a 50 burger. You want I, to, I, I want to so badly. But I'll go with what I did for the Chargers last week, and it was pretty close to happening. I'm going to go with 41 to 10 again. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go. Chiefs. 
Yeah, I got to make that yeah, distinct. Yeah. I mean, in case you weren't I think it was attention. pretty clear based on the, the tone of this whole podcast, but I just want to make sure that everyone knows that no, Drew Locke is not going to lead the Broncos to a 41 to 10 win. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, I have, uh, um, I guess it's a similar prediction. I wrote it down earlier, Kansas City 37-17. So that's where I'm at, is Kansas City 37, Denver 17. I, I think Denver gets two second-half touchdowns, both of them in the fourth quarter, both of them after the Chiefs have already gone up 34-3, to and then the Chiefs will throw a field goal in there at the end. Uh, I, I do have I have them kicking a field goal though. I think I'm going to revise that. Allow me to to shift this now. If if Brandon McManus doesn't play, because that's that's a possibility, I'm going to say 37-14. If he does play, 17. He's worth three extra points. You got to love that Brandon McManus. Now to go back to to Mace, he guaranteed the Broncos will not punt on Saturday. Ooh, I love it. No punting. That'll That'll be fun to watch. All right. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back. We'll do our whip around the league. We'll look at the AFC West, which we're already halfway done with. And then we will uh, say for one last time this season, go Broncos. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, Ian. Let's uh, look at the other half of the AFC West to start off our whip around the league. We talked about Chiefs Broncos, obviously, in the Last game of the Week 18 schedule and the last regular season game of the uh, season, you have the Chargers and Raiders, uh, which if things work out correctly, and I can't remember the exact scenario, but if I think if the Jaguars beat the Colts, the yep. Chargers and Raiders could essentially just down the ball and kick it back and forth to each other a bunch of times, play to a tie, and then they both get in <laughs> to the playoffs. That would be hilarious. We talk about wackadoo things happening and I, I i totally get it that the colts have struggled playing in jacksonville like the last eight years there's no way the colts are losing to the jacksonville jaguars on sunday so the winner of the chargers raiders goes to the playoffs which I, I, quite honestly is a bit of a toss-up and i i think i'm picking the chargers in that one mostly because i hate the raiders and because I like Justin Herbert just a little bit better than Derek Carr. We talked a little bit about Derek Carr. Throw him on the Broncos. Imagine how good they would be. Throw Justin Herbert on the Broncos, and I think they're a Super Bowl contender without question. And uh, that is that is a bummer that he plays for the Chargers and not the Broncos. That was something I missed on as a you know as a guy who does a podcast. I did not I did not read that room correctly. Uh, but the Chargers are good, 
Chargers are really good, and I, I think they go into uh, Las Vegas and they get a win in the to- toilet bowl. The thing that's very interesting is the Raiders are so scrappy, and they've been scrappy. They don't have a head coach. And I think this shows what Derek Carr is capable of because I think it's entirely him and his leadership and the way he plays the game of football. So I wouldn't rule out the Raiders. I obviously hope the Chargers win because I hate the Raiders with a seething passion of a billion sons. But the Raiders are a scrappy team. I mean, the fact that they went into Indianapolis and beat the Colts in Indianapolis with the Colts, having a chance to qualify for the playoffs if they won and the Raiders still win, that's a scrappy bunch. And it's a team that I don't think the Chargers want to play. They're going to have to play a great game. Justin Herbert's not going to be able to throw turnovers. They're going to have to be able to run the football with Austin Eckler. And that defense is going to have to find a way to contain Hunter Winfro. And if they get Darren Waller back, that's going to make the Raiders' offense even more difficult to stop. So that's something to keep an eye on heading into that Sunday game is if Waller is able to get back on the field in any in any form or fashion. You know what else I'm, I'm curious about? I wonder if they watched the tape and realized watching what the Broncos did against the Chargers that if you run to the left and not to the right where Joey Bosa is, you're probably going to have more success because Pat Shermer didn't figure that out at all. But here we are talking about it, and we all know, like we knew – that the Broncos needed to go the other direction with their runs. But for whatever reason, uh, <laughs> Pat Schirmer couldn't figure it out. How does he still have a job? Oh, my God. Anyway, let's 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 stop doing that to ourselves and talk about the rest of the league because there are some big games. You, you pointed out Colts-Jaguars. Uh, that one's more interesting in that if the Colts do lose that game, I would be curious to see if the Chargers and Raiders would play to a tie. I, I, I just wonder if that – would happen. Could you imagine sitting there on Sunday night and you turn on Sunday night football, you know that the Colts have lost, you know the Chargers and Raiders only need a tie. Could you imagine if they just went out and tied? Could, could you imagine if they did that on purpose? It would it would turn things upside down in the NFL. I think Brandon Staley said it best where they said they have too much pride in the National Football League to do that. Good, because that that is something that, and I don't know if you know this, and I can't remember the particulars of it, but the, there was a change in the rules in soccer because uh, in a World Cup qualifier, the two teams that were playing each other knew, I think it was a World Cup qualifier. I don't. Someone can correct me in the comments if you want. They knew that all they had to do was tie, and they would both go through. I think it was Austria and Germany. So Austria and Germany played to a tie, and they both went through, and everybody was up in arms because you could tell they were just kicking the ball back and forth. That That to me would be... Um, that that would be cause for concern if a team did that in the if two teams chose to do that in the NFL that would be that would be a major problem. So hopefully that doesn't happen, but it would be hilarious to see. Uh, what other games are we are we going to focus on this week? The two that matter are aside from the Chargers and the Raiders, which has AFC playoff implications. There's one seed left in the NFC. If the 49ers beat the Rams, they get it. If the Rams beat the 49ers and the Saints beat the Falcons, somehow the Saints get it without a quarterback. What? With a right-handed Tim Tebow. Yeah, I, you know how I feel about that Taysom Hill. He, uh, Man, he cost me some fantasy points this year. I'm just going to say it. He's poaching stuff from my, my guy Alvin Kamara. Uh, and also with the Rams, uh, what has happened to Matthew Stafford? 
Matthew Stafford has turned into a, uh, a turnover machine. He looks like Baker Mayfield out there, how often he's given the ball away to the other team. That, to me, looks is like a, Matt Stafford from the Lions. Yeah, it's it's like, remember, you you have Cooper Cup. Remember remember that guy? Uh, there There is some talk that they have not recovered yet from the loss of Robert Woods. And if you look at his stats since Robert Woods went down for the season, Matthew Stafford has become a, a far worse quarterback. And... That's a big deal. That's something that they have to overcome. I I actually think the 49ers have a chance at winning that game because they are explosive in certain areas. Debo Samuel can take over a game. You've you've got Kyle Shanahan calling a game on offense, and he does a very good job of that. So I don't put it past the 49ers to beat this Rams team, but they are, as you said, they are a scrappy team as well, and they have a very good defense. So – uh, like many of us who have adopted the Rams as their team because of Von Miller, I will be rooting for the Rams. But I could see the 49ers pulling this one out. Well, especially if you look at the game earlier in the season at San Francisco where the 49ers completely whooped the Rams, like all over the field. It wasn't even a game. They just completely whooped the Los Angeles Rams. I had forgotten and about the Rams, actually. Sean McVay and the Rams struggle mightily against Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. So I actually think the 49ers are going to win this game. Ooh. The Rams have they, they have their playoff positioning locked up. I don't think – I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if we're talking about the NFC West. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Seahawks beat the Cardinals. But that that's a totally different discussion. I think the 49ers are going to beat the Rams. However, if they don't and the Saints win, we're talking about potential coach of the year. Sean Payton has to be in the discussion. If he's going to get a team like the Saints into the playoffs with that, and if you're Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, you could potentially be playing the Saints in the first round. I don't think Tom Brady and the Saints want any or Tom Brady and the Buccaneers want anything to do with the Saints, given what happened, what's happened, what, the last seven times he's played them, six it's, or seven times? It's been a little rough, yeah. It hasn't hasn't been as enjoyable for them as they would have liked, for sure. Uh, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Sean Payton uh, has done a masterful job and also, again, has cost me several fantasy football points, so, you know, screw that guy. Uh, I, have, I have no desire to, to even cheer – remotely for Sean Payton and now that my fantasy football season's over I I I want the Saints to lose how about that take that Sean Payton jerk that's how I feel about them apples <laughs> is it a, is is there anything else is are we have we finally just reached the end of it all yes we have finally reached the end and as we said at the top thankfully this Broncos game was flexed to Saturday drink You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.